So, it's Christmas time in the city, or it's coming on Christmas anyway, as Joni Mitchell says. Um, and every year there is so much cultural information that we've been fed over the years, let alone um, those of us who grew up in fundamentalist churches and were taught things a certain way. And so from the beginning, we do things differently here because we have a different understanding of the Christ as a spirit of divine presence that is one and with which we are one. So when we say the Christ is born in, every, in any song or in any scripture or in, or in anything, all we are saying is we allow the Christ that lives in us to see the light of day, right? It's not born, it's always been there, but we don't always show it. <laughs> Sometimes there's some curtains in front of it. Sometimes our fear holds it back. So also in this church, we do use scripture. We don't use just the Christian and Hebrew Bibles. We use other scripture as well. But we tend to read scripture metaphysically, meaning not literally what it says. All that's debatable. We don't know. It's written a long time ago by men who had certain agendas. And um, so we don't know what the literal meaning is, but there is so much richness in the symbolism. There's so much richness in the allegory, in the metaphor. I love what Martin Luther King said when he, growing up in his dad's Baptist church, was in his Sunday school, but also getting himself educated in a lot of other ways. Somebody came up to him and said, wait a minute, do you believe the Bible? And he said... There are many truths in the Bible. He didn't say, I believe it's true. He said, there are many truths. I love that. I love that. There are many truths. We get to find them. And one of the ways that we read um, scripture metaphysically is we understand that it's not about somebody that did something with somebody else and then something happened to somebody else and then that brought something else. We see each character in the story as an aspect of ourselves. So... With that said, we are everyone and everything in the story, and there's something to be learned by putting ourselves in the point of view of each character, and that's kind of what we're doing this Christmas is I'm giving us a couple of different characters um, to work with. So shepherds and angels today, we are the shepherds. We are the angels. They are not somebody long ago and far away. What do shepherds do? They watch sheep. And what is the symbolism of sheep? Sheep are harmless. They're innocent. They're gentle. They're natural. They are open to guidance. If you've ever been around sheep, if one goes, they all go. <laughs> They're open to guidance. And the shepherds guard these, this sheep, these sheep. Hmm, we guard our innocence. Imagine that. We guard it. I think the shepherds can, rec can represent that part of our ego, not the negative part. You know, there's ego gets vilified a lot in New Thought churches. Ego serves our purpose while we're on this planet. We would not be able to function in our human selves if we didn't have some ego. So the shepherds are the ones, they're, they're simple also. They're close to nature. They tend to business, right? They're guarding their innocence. They're keeping hold of it. 
and they're subject to fear because that's what the ego does. The ego makes us afraid. And yet they're close enough to their innocence that they are receptive to the angel's urging. So imagine you're out in a field one night, you're guarding your innocent sheep, you're kind of a simple person, and suddenly up in the sky, <clears throat> an angel, whatever that looks like, appeared and was praising God, saying all this stuff, and there was singing, and there was shouting, and there was um, instructions, and they were terrified. Of course, out of the ordinary, this was not planned. I don't have any control over this. I have control over my sheep. But that, <laughs> not only do I not have control over that, that changes my whole world order, because that doesn't happen, right? Anybody recognize any of that? I'm recognizing my control freak right here and right now. It's been out playing a lot recently. So they were terrified, and the angels immediately said, don't be afraid. There's nothing to be afraid of. We have good news. It's good. It's good. We're not evil. We're not here to destroy your world. We're here to tell you something really amazing. And so the angels are not just outside of ourselves. There are angels, I believe, outside of ourselves, angel consciousness in other people. But our higher selves, the part of our angel simply means messenger. That's all it means, messenger. And it has come to mean, in the context of Scripture, messengers of God, somebody that's going to give you a message. And there is that part of you, there is that part of me, that is kind of watching what I do and going, well, that wasn't my best. <laughs> and there's that part of me that can either listen to that higher self and make adjustments or go, nope, keep on doing what I'm going to do. I don't, I don't want to open to anything else. And that's, that is the crux of this story, is that the shepherds had a choice. They had a choice. I can open to this or I can say, I saw nothing. Did you see anything? None of us saw anything. Let's go get a drink. <laughs> they had that choice, right? We have that choice every day to believe in the miraculous and to listen to our higher guidance that tells us what to do or to ignore it. The shepherds decided not to ignore it. And why, why did they believe the angels? I mean, have you ever been like really afraid and someone says, don't be afraid, and your fear leaves like that? <laughs> it's not usually the way it works. So why did their fear go away? I believe it's because that angel consciousness is absolutely confident. It knows. That part of us knows so fully, so surely, knows the truth of the love that we are. And we are afraid to listen to that. We're afraid, but if we open ourselves to the possibility of being guided by the love that we are, being guided by the very best of ourselves, then the miracles continue to happen. And so the angel is, they're not only bringing us that message from God, they're bringing it with such confidence, such knowing. And I believe deep inside every one of us is that same knowing. And so the shepherds do what they said. They went and they found, they went to Bethlehem and they found a stable or a lower room, depending upon how it's translated. And they saw a baby wrapped in cloth in the manger. 
So what is a manger? What's the significance of a manger? Why a manger? The truth is, um, they wouldn't have been in a hotel. If this was really Joseph's city that he was going back to, he'd had lots of family. And the real translation is, there was no room in the upper room. People lived over their animals. The animals helped keep them warm. And the animals were where they could keep a good watch on them at night. So there was no more room. All the family had come. It was full. It was like my grandma's house. There were pallets on the floor under the kitchen table. There was no more room. So they said, we love you, but you're going to have to stay downstairs. Now, in my family, we probably would have let the pregnant woman in the upper room and put some kids downstairs, but whatever. The symbolism here is that that stable, that manger, that cradle is not something fancy. It's not something unattainable. It's not something that's only for the elite. It's not something that's only for the good or the best. It is absolutely attainable and simple and just like us, just like the shepherds. You hear songs all Christmas, and we'll sing them. I don't like to change the words to Christmas songs, although some of them bug me, and some of them I'll just leave out altogether. But this idea of the king, Jesus is the king, the king not of a palace, but the king of hearts the king of our hearts, that which we let rule over our hearts. That's what the Christ spirit is. And so this Messiah, which means savior, is Jesus a savior? Do you have to accept Jesus as your Lord and savior so you can go to heaven? That is not what I'm saying. Heaven and hell are choices that we make right now. But what is our savior? I'm saved only ever. Because I remember love. Because in the midst of all my whatever else I'm doing, everything I've got my fingers in, all my control issues, no, it's hard to believe that I have any. <laughs> I let myself remember love. I let my control be tempered by love. When I let my control be tempered by love, then things get better. I'm not saying I always let my control be tempered by love. But I have that choice in every moment. And every moment that I remember that choice, that is my saving grace. Remembering love is my savior. And Jesus the Christ was one who came to say, remember love. Remember, it's within you. It's not out there. It's not in me, especially. It's in the thing that belongs to all of us. You are that love. And so once we make that leap past our fear into embracing the innocence and knowing that that innocence is also magisterial. That innocence is also kingly because love is the king of all. Love is the queen of all. Love is the ultimate is the way we're saying this. And so once we let that in, truly let it in, then, as the shepherds did, we, we are praising. We are saying, glory, hallelujah. We are saying, thank you that I remembered love, because this could be a lot worse than it is. If I forget love, I've lost everything. And then, I love this, so they celebrate. They kneel in awe and wonder, like, oh, who knew? 
that the real love was just like me. Not just like me, but the real love is me. It's within me every bit as much as it's within anyone else. And then what do I do with that? What did the shepherds do? They went out and they lived it. They told people, because no matter what kind of epiphany we have, no matter what kind of wonderful realization and wake-up call we get, if we don't let it change us, then nothing's changed. We will forget again right away. So we celebrate it, and then the shepherds went out, and they told other people about it. And when you tell somebody else about it, you're going to be held to a different standard than if you just kept it to yourself. I don't know if you've ever noticed that. So I like to think that when the shepherds then told everybody and then went back into the fields to tend their sheep again, they didn't go, oh, now the Lord lives in me. So these sheep, who needs those? I'm going to go out and be a king of the world. No, they went, I see, I see, I get a glimpse of this truth, of this possibility of how I could live. And I go back and I tend my sheep with all the love that I have. Because it's not about doing something different. It's about doing whatever we do differently. Doing it in a different way. Way. And I like to think that those shepherds never went completely back to sleep. That they kept an awareness and an awakeness in their lives. And that's the point to me of Christmas every year. It's not about Black Friday. It's not about getting what you want. It's not about the lights and the jingle bells and the jewelry. Although, you know, I love all that stuff. <laughs> it's about once a year right before the new year, we get to be reminded, oh yeah, there is a different way. There is something spectacular inside of me and every other human being, and I have the choice to see it or not see it. I have the choice to act that way or not act that way. Thank you for the remembrance. Thank you for reminding me. Christmas, thank you for reminding me. And then... Not only were they changed in what they did, but think about this. Once you've had that big a realization, you can probably never pretend that there is not any possibility for more magic to happen. Maybe you start looking for the amazing. You start looking for the awe-inspiring. You start looking for the wonder. You start appreciating the world in a different place when you realize there are other layers to the world besides what our human eyes see. I believe that's what the shepherds got. I hope that that's what I get. And here's the deal. If we have lost our capacity for joy and wonder or don't feel like we're presented with enough opportunities, perhaps, for joy and wonder, then Christmas is for us. Christmas is here to overcome our fear and our pride and our cynicism and our embarrassment and our fear of looking like a fool. I mean, what if those shepherds had all gone to Bethlehem and gone to the stable and said, where's the baby who's the king of the Jews? I don't understand. He was supposed to be here. People might have laughed at him. Is that the worst thing you could think of? People might have laughed at them. They were courageous enough to go, I'm checking it out. I got nothing to lose. And 
our ego always has something to lose, but when we're not li living from our ego, when we're not living from that place of um, what happens out here is the most important thing, then we don't have anything to lose. When we are not afraid to be silly or gullible or for someone else to think we're lazy or frivolous, when we are living from the joy that we know that we are, that is when we begin to see all those opportunities for wonder and for awe because the wonder and awe inside of us is activated. You're never going to see it out there until you see it in here. And so our work is to see it in here to the very best of our ability and then to expand that and expand it and expand it. So. If you live in unconditional love, if you live in everlasting joy, you can never be made a fool of. I don't care what anybody says. You can never be made a fool of. And if I'm going to be a fool for something, I'd rather be a fool for love than for anything else. And so the shepherds are real life. They're us. They represent us. All that's the best, and the angels all that's the best of us and all that's the most mundane of us, all that is divine, that constant connection to a higher something, to God, to love, to presence, to whatever word you choose to call it, Allah, it doesn't matter as long as you understand that it's this higher thing, this higher power that's more than just my human ego, but that my human ego has access to and can choose to see and experience at all times, just as the shepherds chose to see, chose to follow, chose to allow it to bring wonder and awe into their hearts, and then chose to go back to their work and share that wonder and awe in every way, every day that they possibly could. That is our opportunity, our choice. So this season, this story is not just about Bethlehem. It's the story of us. Every moment that we choose to listen, that we choose to believe what it is that we're hearing, that we choose to follow what it is we believe, and then that we choose to rejoice in because when we have followed what we believe, that is true success on earth. Thank you. So we're going to take those ideas into meditation. So just sit in the quiet for a moment. Kay, would you come and just sing the first verse of that song again that you sang before the message? Allow these words to set up in your consciousness. shines the night is still shepherds watch from a hill I close my eyes see the light 
is available to us at any moment. And so we sit in this stillness for a moment and remember who we are. If you've been told, as I know you have, if you've been here, you are the love of God in human expression on earth. yet listened fully to that message, I invite you now to be the one to allow all that is angelic inside of you to tell, to inform your human self. To use the words, I am. I am loved unconditionally. I am capable of loving unconditionally. I am the chosen. And so is everybody else. But like the shepherds, we have to open enough to believe it for ourselves. And when we truly open, could truly see the glory that is the truth, that is our highest and truest truth. We might well fall down on our knees in awe of who we are. the ego falling to its knees and saying, hey, I'm here and I will do the work, but I am not in the driver's seat. I allow love to inform me. Every choice. And when I mess up, what I know is that love is unconditional. And so there's another choice and another choice and another choice. And every moment that I forget, I can remember again. And in the very second that I remember, the angels are rejoicing in heaven. forgetting anymore. It's about remembering again and again and again and as many times as it takes. And for this month that we call the Christmas season, I invite us all to see every bow, every bell, every star, every piece of tinsel, every garland, to remind us of that light, not somewhere out there, but that light that shines within each of us. 
And when you see it, say to yourself, I am that light. When you drive through the neighborhoods and you see the beautiful lights, let it remind you. Let it remind us of the light that we are. Let us say within ourselves, I am that light. I am that light. The wonder that my heart and emotions feel at that light belongs to me to everybody because it's not exclusive in any way. I am one with that light. Which means I'm one with everyone who is one with that light, which would be everyone. And this is not scary. This is the safest possible way to be. Just as the angel said, do not be afraid. I'm here to bring good news of great joy to all the people. And so I claim that good news in this moment, in this meditation, and going forward through this day and through this week and through this season. So it is.